Welcome back. This is The World According to J-Caps, the podcast of the official Grading Animals Instagram account, and also I'm J-Caps. You can also know me from Mares and Caps. You can also know me as, um, I don't know, what else am I known for? Can't I don't really know. I'm like not in the, I'm not in the right mindset to know what else my life amounts to. But at least we have those few things that I mentioned already, and they can be, they can be the things that I'm known for right now. So thank you so much for joining. If you're listening to right now, this is lucky number thirteen of the podcast episodes. We've been doing this for thirteen weeks or twelve weeks. I don't even know. Maybe thirteen, maybe twelve. To be honest, may it might be the twelfth week. It might be the twelfth, which would mean it's the third month of the world according to J Caps. And listen, I'm just happy that I've. Uh, committed to this podcast and continued to do it. What's happening? What's happening in my life? I had a couple of stand-up shows and bombed horrendously. I don't know if I'm having fun on stage anymore. Let's get into it. So I have returned to doing stand-up uh, because I had not been doing it for since, I guess, well, throughout the whole pandemic, that I, I was not doing stand-up during, from basically March 2020 to now. But I did have like three shows last summer, which, by the way, was before I had my whole existential me- um, mental breakdown around grading animals, Um and I, I was in a much better, like, po- like positive mindset at that during those times uh, when I did those shows. So anyway, I I, I jump. I started doing some shows again, and you know what? I I have not been having. I've I've been really not doing that good. It's very surprising. It's you know, it's like somehow nobody wants to hear about how I sometimes want to kill myself. I mean, I can't believe that that's not the... You know, it's funny. It's like when I want to talk about how sometimes life gets so horrible that I don't feel good about myself all the time and everything else, and how I will make a rambly, non-punchline-y point about how uh, how horrible I feel, it's somehow the audience is not interested in that. That's so weird. But um, yeah, so that's like kind of like what I've been experiencing. And I had a show uh, this weekend uh, with the band uh, Black Suit Youth, who was so kind. By the way, I, I, I shot their video and it should be coming out soon. But they were so kind to have me. Brian from that band was so nice to have me on his show. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really know that, that I was going to, you know, really suck so bad. In my head... I was going to have a fun time with the audience. Um, listen, you know, bombing on stage is just part of trying stuff on stage. And I think because um, because I'm interested in sort of being transparent about what I'm going through, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way of bringing that to the stage in some way. But, you know, it's just like, you have to sort of like fall on your face a bunch of times before you can walk with anything. So on one hand, I'm very, uh, it was, it was very sobering to be like, Oh man, I haven't, I haven't really sucked. I haven't really had like a, a time where like I was faced with how bad I sucked. Um, I mean, I, I, I faced that in my mind a lot, uh, for no reason, but like then to viscerally feel it in the, in life, I was like, Oh yeah, man, this is, this is the experience of being alive. But also, you know, it's, it, you know, I was a little bit upset because, you know, I kind of feel like I um, unintentionally, you know, uh, brought people down or whatever. And, um, you know, that sucks. So in any case, I, all it has, all it's um, revealed to me is that I have to just keep going and keep uh, pursuing the things that I'm doing. Like you, you can't just quit. Which is, I'm glad that I'm not in a quitting mindset. But um, I think the, I think that 
all I think that because I'm in like uh I think that because I'm in some financial hardships right now and just things are not really working out exactly you know and uh it's like affecting my my ability to have fun because I when I think back to the show what happened was I was not able to bring myself to have fun and it's like it doesn't matter what words you're saying on stage what the audience actually connects to is the person having fun they live a little joy inside of themselves when you yourself are joyful and I was like well where the fuck is my joy like where's my fun and what it is it's it's um it's buried under being afraid of um being like afraid and and I'm not like I don't know man I'm sorry I don't really want to make that's the thing it's like I don't want to make I don't want to like create like a pity party it sucks it actually that's like something that I was thinking about like what is going on with me why is it that I am I am driving things into this uh ditch into this like sad ditch and uh I was thinking like what is it like why is that happening and I think like maybe it could be in in that I feel like isolated and I don't feel like I have like a community. Like maybe I have, I just don't have a lot of people around. And so maybe like unconsciously I'm like, I'm like revealing a need inside of myself for like reaching out. And that's what's coming out instead of me. What I usually do is just be silly and have fun and, and, have joy in my heart. So it sucks and I'm sorry and I'm glad that nobody came out to see me because that would have been uh they would have been like this sucks you're you suck and we don't want to waste time watching you. And so thankfully, but again, I'm also sorry to all of the people who were out to see uh Black Suit Youth who had to endure my horrible performance. But you know what? silver lining there was actually three people three or possibly four people that did like it and i ended up talking to them after the show and it was nice and i and i tried to convince them that the things i've created for online consumption are much better than this horrible showing that i made on stage um and i don't know i don't think they followed but you know i I totally understand um what else was i gonna say about that uh I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. Forgetting shit that you're going to say once you've started recording the podcast. Also rough. Oh yeah. N- also Shut the fuck up, Jonathan, because Grading Animals has been selected into the Sterable Festival. Okay, so this is actually good news. This is also by the way the disconnect. This is where I'm like, am I am I crazy? Because at the same time as this whole existential fucking breakdown that I'm having, sorry, by the way, I hope you, I hope that first part didn't make you turn the podcast off, but uh, at the same time, uh, Grading Animals has just been selected for this film festival in Los Angeles, and um, I don't know, like, I have, uh, I'm actually, I am filled with hope about it, because I think that no matter what like it's i want to i want to participate in like the uh that this that grading animals is getting celebrated for for being considered a good thing um i'm actually even though i don't have money i'm going to try to beg um uh beg people in my life to help me uh, get a plane ticket to go to L.A. so I can attend the festival. And I want to try to just see what positive things can come from it. Maybe I will go and meet, uh, you know, maybe I'll go and meet somebody who will want to put money into it and we'll make a show. We'll make, we'll get back on the, we'll get back on the horse. You know, the reason I have not been doing the show is because I'm in financial arrears and, um, you know, it's just what it is, uh, but you know I do believe in the show. So, and I think that you guys do too, or you wouldn't uh, listen to this um, poor excuse for grading animals. 
Okay. Uh, again, like I can't. I mean, listen. I you know do a, like you know mon- come Monday I have to record a podcast. I have to put out a podcast, and it is going to be a photocopy. It is going to be a representation of how I feel in the moment. We're not going to pause the tape. We're going to just keep going. So, um, you know, I have to figure out. I don't know. Maybe should I? Here's a question. Should I go? Um, should I go on antidepressant drugs? Is it a lost cause? Is there any other way for me to get out of the perpetual negative mindset that I can't escape from? Um, are drugs the answer to a happy life? What is wrong with me? Because, like, that is that is really, like, um, you know, that's, like, really a thing that I can't, that I'm, like, pissed off that I, I was like, um, okay, I'll just, I'll take you guys into it. So last night, I was laying in bed, and I was crying, actually. I was crying because deep down, when I thought about the idea of loving myself, not in a jerking myself off way, but in a, in a way where it's like, why is it the deepest point of my regard for who I am? Why does it always have to land negatively? What is that? What is that inside of me that wants to do that? How can I like reach back and have empathy for myself? So this is like a thing where it's like tough. I don't know. And it's like, and I feel even worse when like the world, like this really great thing, this, um, this, uh, opportunity with this, with the festival happens. And I'm like, look, can't you appreciate the world? Like, look what, look at what a nice thing happened. And I, and I posted that thing on, on Instagram and all those people were like, and, and yo, truly like, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the people who have stuck through the stuck through and, um, and been listening. You know what it is? It's fucking, I don't have work. And when you don't have work, you have no way of paying for things. And when you don't have pay, way of paying for things, then um, you see the walls closing in. And then you, st- I mean, I start to blame all of my shortcomings. Like, um, how come I can't be a narcissistic business person that uh, asks for more than I deserve? Why can't I do that? Why don't I know how to like be really good at being social? This was something at the show. Like, I, I'm so out of practice of being like at a like a social gathering, like a bar or something. That, I mean, even in my twenties, like when I would be at a bar, um, I would, you know, I would like try to be involved in some conversation. But I'm always like shorter than everybody else, so I just sort of hover around trying to be uh, loud enough or whatever or like witty enough to like pull focus. And then it's like you end up like leaving the bar alone because you're like, I'm just not able to tread water in the competition. It's like, I always make it like the world is the jungle. Like, you know, we think we live in a society, but we actually just, there's like a microcosm of jungles. And it's survival of the fittest, whether it be survival of the fittest socially, whether it be survival of the fittest um, mentally, like who's smarter uh, physically. And um, I think socially, I'm, you know, I have like, I'm not good at like, um, like I've never, I I never conquered that, like, uh, I, I never was able to be great at that. Or, or, you know, I've, I don't go to, like, a bar and hold court or anything like that. So, like, when I was at the show, uh, after I bombed fucking horribly, which is, like, I deserved. I deserved. Like, I, I have to, like, those things are, like, for growth. I'm not, like, going to lament that. Like, I'll I'll own it. It's It was, I took the audience there, and I have to accept that that's what I brought to the table. But, um, you know, like, when, when you're in, like, conversation with people afterwards and it's just like um you're it's like how how much in any conversation with someone how much do you want to fight for the uh 
the attention when you see like when you see them fade from like interest in you it's just like i think at one point i was talking to somebody and i literally like they looked away for a second and i just slunk out i i ducked out of the the range of a view and snuck out of the moment because that's sometimes that's just where i'm at like i don't know you know so really sorry to take up the first 15 minutes of the show on this but um you know that's uh, that's what we're going to have to own we're going to have to own up to it so let's get into the suggestions this week not a lot of suggestions um but we'll we're going to what we do we're going to spread them out you know we're going to really invest don't invent invest do you ever hear that phrase i think that comes from uh, improv comedy i think actually the dreaded Upright Citizens Brigade may have stolen it from like something that Del Close would have said. But the idea is don't reach for something else to come up with. Why don't you just look at what's already out on the field and, 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 and build the things that are already said. So what has already been said in this episode so far? Uh, we got self-doubt. We got crashing and burning. We have... Um, you know, not seeing the the beauty that's in front of you that proves that your thoughts are not real. Uh, we have a; those are the ones that I can think of so far. But those could be possibly themes that we can invest in, right? Um, the The first suggestion is uh, talk about math rock from Gray Sun. You know, math rock. I don't really know if I know what math rock is. I mean, I know what it is because I think it's a genre of music where it's like, um, I don't know if like you only have a bassist and a guitarist and they they play like complicated time signatures. You know, complicated time signatures is a is a is like um it's like a flourish that some bands do to try to show that they're better than other bands. Um you know, uh like I said, all of life is a jungle. Everything is an arms race against other human creatures for territory on the board, for leverage. And in in music scenes, it's no different. Like, every artist has to figure out a gimmick that makes them special, more special than the, than the, um, than the, the artist next to them. And it's funny because some artists just by their own joy of playing and by their own like being in their moment shine without any spectacle they can have fun they can just have fun and their their being alive lets the like i said lets the audience be alive with them and that is actually i think the purest form of expression that is what i think we all if we're creative if we're creative and 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 want to like reconnect with the with the um the elemental purity of performance that's what we are going for when a child like a 5-year-old kid just sings a song that that they're making up and it's not in key and it's not using grammar correctly and it's not even making sense but they're having so much fun there's nothing there's no technical performance by like a seasoned veteran musician or anything that is going to beat the true living joy that a kid would have maybe like making up a silly song um that's why they say like you should never go on stage with a dog because a dog is in its it's like in the purity of its life like it's not second guessing anything so it's very in the moment and no comedian or actor is going to to out like out uh be um in the moment than a than a dog right or like um i think that that is the what they say i've heard people say that i think this i think podcasts are mostly what some guy heard it's the uh economy of hearing what some guy or some gal heard and then listening to it as if as if it's objective fact but anyway, talk about math rock. 
Gray Sun says. So I think that when a band uses time signatures, which time signatures means like, you know, like, uh, let's say a song is like, um, I don't know, let's say a song is a normal song that you could, that like, let's say, um, like, let's think of a song. Let's think of a, the theme song. So, three, four. One, two, three, four. I think that so I think songs that have a four beat in them are very popular because our heartbeats like kind of like have a rhythm like that. Like one, two, three, four. We can count and we almost have our heartbeat. And when we walk, we step, like step, 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 and it's nor and it's normal, right? And like Usually, that's how most songs sort of are. They're always like in that beat because that's like understandable to people. But some bands, they're like trying to be fancy and they think, you know what? You know what? We're going to show them. We're going to have a band. We're going to have music that does not have. We're going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And maybe that is good if you can make it be groovy but if you can't make it be groovy then i think that you do math rock let's hear what this band called elephant gym sounds like they say that they're a math rock band we'll check we'll check them out let's check it out so right off the bat elephant gym um they're not necessarily um rocking yet but they have definitely if you were listening, if you were like a, a counting ass listener like me, check it out. They're, they're not doing it one, two, three, four. Check it out. They're going two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you like, I think that's what math rock is. It's, it's, it's music for people who like to count. They, what, what the whole point of it is they want you to be counting in the song so that you're Instead of listening and grooving, you're counting for the beat like you're a little math-doing nerd. So let's hear what this next band called Kinsella. They're apparently a math rock, and they have a song called Ocean. Let's see if they do the same gimmick. All right, so that band sounds pretty good. It actually sounded groovy. And I don't know. Let's listen a little longer. I think that they're using four, four beats. I think they're using one, two, three, four beats. And I think that they, Kinsella, should get kicked out of the math rock uh, club. In fact, they should get kicked off this YouTube instrumental math rock mix that I just Googled for this bit. Um, but I don't think that I think that it should be written in the bylaws of math rock that they should not allow um, beats that have four in them. They should only let people do uh, impossible to listen to time signatures. But then again, I mean, it's a free country. And, and really, one thing that I, I, I was reconnected to when I did this show on the weekend is how how fun and chill bands are. You know, bands bands are fun and chill. I don't know. I went to this show hoping... So the show I performed that I bombed at this weekend, I was hoping that the space that it was being performed in would be like kind of half the size that it was because I, I love being able to see the audience and being able to like talk directly to the audience and like get to see their faces. And it was my mistake to not do what the headlining band did. Um, Power Trash, this very cool band, they did the classic move where the singer just stepped off the stage and went into the crowd. And when I saw that, I was like, fuck, dude, why didn't I do that? Because had I done that, I would have been able to see the audience's faces and realized that like I was changing the energy in the room and maybe I would have changed course. Uh, but anyway, they were all chill. Bands are chill. Bands are like, they're just happy to be putting on their instruments and rocking out and... Um, I don't know, like, I think that maybe I'm just fucking high strung, so. 
I don't like being high strung. And right now, let's listen to one more. Um, let's listen to one more math rock song so we can make a decision of whether this genre of music is good or not. This does sound pretty cool. It would sound like, you know what would be cool? I remember being, I would imagine like being at this band's show and I just drank a beer, but I also went outside the club to smoke a joint with friends around the side of the bar. And then I went into this band and this band was playing. And it's like, I'm 25 years old. I'm uh, I'm working as a substitute teacher. Like my life is just sort of whatever. I'm living with my parents. It's like uh, who knows, who cares? I don't have a girlfriend. It's like it's just you know. It sounds. It's like I'm I, I'm able to just get lost in this like uh, being high, feeling good, little drunk moment. Like. It's loud. I can't tell who's playing what in the band. It just all sounds like a big, like, static fuzz. And um, it's cool. Like, I almost, like, imagine, like, myself in every time of music transported. So it's like, there I am in, you know, listening to this band in the current time period. And then I'm transported back to, like, 1987, listening to, like, uh, Dinosaur Jr. at a show there. And then I'm transported back into... 1967 listening to like i don't know um creation or something like that and then i'm transported back into like 1957 listening to like um miles davis playing you know maybe like at um what do you call that uh that Rhode Island show, and then I'm transported back into like 1937 listening to like uh Count Basie uh and then i'm just like like in sort of the the et- the eternal classical moment of like having noise affect me as an audience member. So you know what? I'm going to say math rock is all right in my book because it was able to give us it was able to get us t- into into musical transcendence. And transcendence of any kind is what we should probably be searching for. Um you know, what is the point of 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 all the stuff that we're we're attempting. I don't know. Are you guys attempting things in your lives that you feel like you're falling short of? Maybe some people have more normal ass goals. I mean, I wish I had sometimes I wish um that I was not afflicted with the desire to make art with a question mark with an asterisk near it and with an in a scare quotes art like I was I wish that sometimes when I worked in an office, I remember people who were just happy to like watch football and like have their marriage and like pay for their house and like go to work. And there I was like going to work, paying for my apartment, but also like living a double life, trying to like go into the city every night, trying to like perform, trying to hold on to a a tenuous connection with creativity that like I was climbing a ladder that I will never ever ever reach the top of um but also feeling happy about um my little achievements and also weathering uh the little failures in you know in in earnest like happy to be happy to be climbing the ladder you know or not even climbing the ladder, but just happy to be on the journey. I guess the journey does feel like a ladder. It does kind of feel like, remember the speech about the ladder? That speech where the guy told the other bald eunuch guy whose dick and balls got cut off, where he's like, the ladder. It's like it's like some people have fall in love with the ladder, and then some people get off from the, they're the realm and the ladder, but chaos is the ladder, and the ladder is all that is. Remember that? 
Remember great remember Game of Thrones? How great it was? Game of Thrones was such a cool show. And that brings me to the next suggestion, which is from Iberman, who wants some movie or show recommendations of TV shows that he should check out if he hasn't checked them out. And now this is gonna be some of my favorite shows on streaming services that you guys can check out. Um, I'm going to say the number one show that I love right now is from my most favorite uh, inspirations of creativity, of, of making show creativity of the, of the last 10 years, and that is their, sh- their new show on HBO called Righteous Gemstones. But they also have created Vice Principals and Eastbound and Down. The team of um, Danny McBride and I believe David Gordon Green, uh, I think, or maybe, uh, well, Ben Best was involved in it. He died, but uh, he so he started out, I think, on Eastbound and Down. But um, the team that they have assembled to, to create them, I know Danny McBride uh, and I think Danny, uh, David Gordon, Gordon Green are like the two um, main guys, I think. I'm just going to... Um, righteous gemstone. Let me just, because I mean, it would be terrible if I was giving misinformation here. That would be a real fucking shame. But um, yeah, I know Jody Hill has involved it. Whatever. I mean, righteous gemstones. The show is is the yeah rough house pictures. Let me just see who. Um, yeah, I mean, Danny McBride is the main guy. I I'm, I'm I think David Gordon Green is involved in the show, but I really don't. It's Danny McBride. He's he's truly like one of the greatest of all time. And that show is my is my favorite show. It's my my number one recommendation for TV shows. Um, if you like comedy, I think that it it offers pure comedy, as opposed to watered down comedy. Um, and what I mean by pure comedy is that okay. There's two different types of comedy. Um, uh, like a guy gets hit on the head with a big hammer, and then he goes, ow! And then he's okay after that. That is pure comedy. Then also there's a type of comedy where a guy gets hit on the head with a huge hammer, and then he's he goes, ow! But then he holds his head and cries, and he's... He's still for a second, and we as the audience are not sure if he's okay or not. And that would be what that and then he does a monologue to the to the camera about how um how he actually deserved to get hit in the head with a hammer and and we almost feel empathy for him or something like that. That is like what I would call like Judd Apatow style comedy, where he sort of blends the comedy with drama. Now you can have two things. I mean, just like math rock, you can do music in 4-4 four, four time, or you can add extra extra beats into the time signature. Everything's okay. But for me, I like pure comedy. And I think that you can still tell a story that has genuine ups and downs and goes through the entire hero's journey using pure comedy instead of like, this blend of like feeling the need to um it, to break the uh comedy with with like uh emotional stuff now i admit that in my own life uh with like making like for instance this shit with like grading animals and as i have my brain has broken and i now i'm doing this podcast i have like uh like it's so, like traversed my own um my own rule, kind of, because I do talk about a lot of emotional shit in this podcast, but that's because it's a podcast and not like a, a show that I created. Like I'll like I'll say, um, not that it's like for um. Anyway, no, I'm not going to try to explain. I'm not going to try to explain it. All I'm saying is that like for uh, in my. I'm very inspired by uh, Righteous Gemstones. I think that what they do is they make really pure. Uh, work and it is fantastic and it's my number one recommendations for a show uh, another good show that you guys could check out 
um, is on Hulu. Oh, yeah. So Righteous Gemstones is on HBO. Another good show that I will recommend uh, that I, I think is a good show and it's original and it is they do a great job is the show called The Great. The Great is a show that it's takes place. Uh, it's 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 fake. It's like fake history. It's not really based. It's like loosely based on um, Catherine the Great, but it actually has nothing to do with Catherine the Great. Um, really great performances all around from all the characters. So basically, Catherine the Great is this young, uh, young German princess who is shipped to Russia to marry the son of Peter the Great, who is a tyrant. And uh, Catherine is like um, full of like high-minded progressive ideals. And of course, it is 1700s Russia. So it's a kind of brutal place. So what happens is like in real life, Catherine ended up becoming empress. But the way it happens in the show is not the way it happens in real life. And what the show does is it, in a very cool way, takes a lot of the uh, gender dynamics of what our world is like now and puts it in this setting where fun can be had. I think that the show is really fun, and I think it plays both sides of um, of a lot of stuff that's happening now with where people feel like... You know, some people feel like, I've said on the show, like we should live in some type of progressive utopia. And then other people are like, well, you know, human beings have a particular nature and it is wild and they are not going to follow any rules and they are going to be duplicitous and hide in plain sight and they're going to use the materials around them for leverage because the world is a jungle and we're animals. And the show does a really cool job of showing how both things can be true in a funny way. Uh, and, and again, like great performances. So I recommend The Great as a show to watch. Um, definitely. Definitely recommend The Great. Um, another good show that I think is, is um, worth your time, if you haven't seen it already, also on Hulu... Um, is Pen Fifteen? Have you guys seen Pen Fifteen? Uh, it's a it's a it's a com- it's a duo comedy where these two girls, two women, um, uh, they live out like their youth, like their teenage preteen youth in like y- the year two thousand or like two thousand two, uh, but they're actually thirty year old, like thirty thirty one year old women. And they're playing teenagers, and all the other cast is like actual tweens, and they're like back in high school, and just for that, it's like conceptually hilarious. Like it's a very conceptual con- thing to do to like go back in time and um, and sort of like make this artifice where you're playing younger, and like you stop you, you stop realizing it after a while, and then you're like, oh shit, like they're actually old. They're actually older by like fifteen years by than everyone else but you forget and then it's like a very pure thing about friendship um marianne bayard and i have a a web series that we have created and we've written a lot of stuff we made a pilot and stuff i don't know if anybody's seen it um but anyway like our show is also about friendship and i think that show is a really great um like a, a great example of somebody else who's like doing it in a we're famous way, like a successful in the world way. And it's definitely inspiring to me. I think it's a great show. Um, so Pen 15. So there, so there are three shows that you should watch if you're into getting, if you're into laughs. I'm not really into, I'm pretty much only interested in laughs. I don't like shows that are trying to, I mean, sometimes it's good to see a show that like makes you scared or makes you stressed out. I loved. Remember, um, uh, remember that show, um, Game of Thrones that I was telling you about with this theme song. This show was pretty fun when it came to like getting stressed. Well, not stressed. It was a good adventure, 
But, you know, sometimes it made you stressed out. Also, what was a good show from like 10 years ago that you should have seen is Breaking Bad. Uh, that's another good show. I don't have the theme song on, on my soundboard, so I'm going to have to just remember. Down, down, down. Dun, 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 dun. That's how the, the game of uh, the, the, what is this name of the show that I was just saying? Breaking Bad. BB. Breaking Bad. BR and B- Bromium and Barium were the two elements on the periodic table that made their their cinematic debut on the cover of uh, Breaking Bad. That's right. Um, what's an, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of shows, man. There's a ton of shows out in the out on TV and um, some of them make you stressed out and are not necessarily as funny. But then, you know, some shows. So I'm just going to recommend those funny shows because I'm interested in funny stuff, even though my recent track record on stage says otherwise. All right, let's get to more suggestiones because this podcast is about answering suggestions from you, the audience. Um, Shiesty M3 suggests get naked. Get naked. Not the first time someone has just straight up openly asked me to get naked through the avenue of the online persona I call grading animals. Um, You know, sometimes people, you know, they just let you know what is what they really want. They tell you what they want, what what they really, really want. And um, they want you to, they want to see you naked. And honestly, let's be honest. I think everybody wants to see everybody naked. I don't, I think it's great. I, I want to see everybody naked too. Um, You know, I think it's the same thing. It's like, it's like, do you just go and ask? Do you just go and ask the world, say, hey, I want to see you naked. That's bold. Um, And so, you know, that's good. You know, Shiesty M3 salute you know you because you you want to go out and you want to ask for what you want now the caveat is you can't always get what you want um i'm not i'm not going to get naked necessarily for the public i mean but maybe i would get naked for a price um so shiesty m3 if you really want to see me naked uh you can join the patreon for a hundred dollars a month and Maybe I'll get naked. Um, honestly, I really need the money. So I think that at this point, like, maybe, I'll, maybe I'm ready to cut the bullshit. I had an interview earlier today, and if I get the job, maybe I'll take that uh, off the table. But maybe not. Maybe I'll just, maybe we should stop bullshitting ourselves and just realize that the true currency is not our intellect or our fumbling ability to attempt to tell a story or make people laugh, but it is just to show people our peens and to a greater extent, uh, our boobs and pussies and asses because um, we actually, that is truly what makes the world go round. All of this other shit in our society is just artifice for that. Um, And some people are more in touch with that truth than others. Um, Maybe... It's just a full delusion to want to hone a skill so that you seem to possess a type of magic that can elevate you above the inability to maintain a conversation with another person in a bar. So if that's the case, then exactly like we should just, you know, cut the bullshit and, you know, make OnlyFans. So... That's my final answer on that. Uh, Lopez2420 suggests anime as a suggestion. And for this, I have a story. So, as you know, I part-time teach at an art school. And I think I might have mentioned that I just stopped teaching certain classes because... Uh, I need, I can't accept the, the way that the school is, um, treating me. (laughs) The school is good. I have some good classes. I have some like great opportunities 
where I'm like a mentor to young artists. And to be, believe it or not, I actually take that like pretty seriously. Um, and like where there is a need for, where, for like a young person to try to figure out their shit when it comes to making art, when it comes to like creating and um, figuring out like how they get to like the next level of their own skill or in a way that is maybe like more where I can be helpful is like being st- like the stick with itiveness is like, I like, I am good at like, um, I think at least for all this like bullshit that like I'm having where it's like, I'm feeling depressed or whatever. Like, yes, I haven't put out a grading animals episode, but I didn't stop like creating, like I'm trying to like keep the thing alive. And, um, I don't know. I think that like even being like a a cre- like a creative person at you know in my life like I've tried to always keep the thing alive despite not having um like as much tangible success but you still want to like do the thing that you want to do because you love it and because it uh makes you feel alive and the purest uh, form of expression is when you yourself are alive um, and that's what maybe resonates with the world and how do you do that when you feel like you're like the world is is beating you down and even in the worst moments where like you're completely collapsing under the stress of it how do you just keep going so that's the kind of thing where I feel like I can be really valuable to a young artist and that's what I really get out of doing this, you know, doing that teaching job because it is like a mentorship. And sometimes for young people, like a small, what seems like a small hurdle to me is a big hurdle for them. And, um, you know, it's really weird. Like you don't, re- when you get older, like you don't realize like how things seem loom larger for kids. Like think of the, think of the, the struggle for a young child to learn to read or learn to to like do something complicated mathematically or ride a bike even or even um or any of the things that like that are difficult for someone who is just growing up you know and um and then like once you learn those things they just become part of you and they're no longer a hurdle at all so so i think that like that's like what of that that's like the one way that like I am valuable to that place. But they're fucking me over, dudes. They're not even like letting me um they're they're not even uh they're not doing right by me. So I had to let go of some classes where basically you know, I should not I should not drive to the school and then if like the student I'm teaching doesn't show up and they didn't they didn't tell me that that was going to happen and then they're say they're not going to pay me like it's like you're fucking with me now or it's just there's too much thing there's too much things that are that are fucking me so i uh i gave up my um i gave up my anime class at the school and i gave up my two day classes so now i'm only teaching three classes there because the place is ultimately a loot like i'm i'm only ultimately going to go further into Bro- it being broke at that place and as much as like I, appre- I like um having that opportunity like they're not giving me um they're not like saying oh you know what like maybe we'll give him more classes or whatever they're just like um it's just unfortunate so that's what it is so that's what makes me think of anime and to a greater extent I don't really um I don't know that I really love the anime genre i like i like like in any genre like do you like rock music yeah i guess so but you like particular bands like there probably is rock music that you hear that's like ugh, turn this shit off um i'm gonna say that that little uh side that little side detour lopez 2420 i'm sorry i feel like you know what that little side uh detour belongs on stage with the rest of my shitty um non-comedy um let's go you know listen it's just what i was feeling at the time anyways uh let's go on to another suggestion uh and it is by um 
It is by Matthew the Monarch, who says, flamingos. And he asked me uh, about flamingos, like if I were to grade flamingos. And you know what? I can always grade flamingos. I mean, flamingos, you know, what do you want to know about them? They're, they're, they're pink. Why are they pink? Because they eat brine shrimp. What is brine shrimp? I think it's just bugs that live in salt water, to be honest. Um, I think brine shrimp are actually sea monkeys. And sea monkeys, um, yeah, sea monkeys look like the same. Do you guys remember when, do you guys remember in grading animals when um, mantis shrimp went back in time to stop uh, Shrimpbot 4000? And he, in, in order to do that, he had to fuck one of his great, 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 great grandmas. Do you guys remember that part of the episode? Because what happened was um, the mantis shrimp comes from a planet called Shrimpalon, and that, and I don't know, something, something basically ripped off of uh, Terminator, but it involves him going back in time and finding this ancient prehistoric. Uh, this ancient prehistoric shrimp, and ironically, that ancient prehistoric shrimp looks exactly like a sea monkey if you magnified it times a hundred. Because, sh- as you know, um, as you know, uh, sea monkeys, aka brine shrimps, are very very small, whereas prehistoric animals are very very big. Now it stands to reason that when mantis shrimp went back using the space-time continuum to go back and fuck his great-great-grandma, which was that prehistoric uh, shrimp. And and that thing looked exactly like a brine shrimp. Then it stands to reason that at that time, there must have been gigantic pink flamingos that lived in a prehistoric timeline. Because the reason why um, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The reason why pink flamingos have that upside down bendy beak and that they have bendy uh, bendy necks is because what they like to do is they like to stand in like drying up water that's evaporating from the sun and they like to rock their head back like they're having an epileptic seizure as they just let brine shrimp flow between their tongue and they do that for hours and hours and hours until the whole entire brine shrimp lake um, dries up, and then they fly over to like the dry part, lay their eggs, and the whole thing happens over and over and over again. Um, so it's like, what came first, the pink flamingo or the brine shrimp? So I don't know. Maybe if we can get a hold of mantis shrimp and he can remind us what happened during his time traveling, and he can give us a little insight if when he got out of the time portal, if he saw the gigantic plink flamingos first or the brine shrimp, his grandma brine shrimp, what what was going on? Like, while he was having sex with his uh, brine shrimp ancestors, was he narrowly averting the beak of a giant pink flamingo, right? So, pink flamingos... A minus, right? You know, like thinking that is, you know, you know, just getting on the horse and trying to see if I could tap into what I do best, which is rambling insanely about animals. So, yeah. Um, but also, I noticed that there's one other suggestion from Matthew the Monarch, and he also has a suggestion. He goes, how Vlad the Bimpaler used bats or how St. Olga's used pigeons for war. Now, damn, dude, that is some, those suggestions, that suggestion is, I'm going to have to use Google for this shit. Now, Vlad the Impaler, not Googling anything, but Vlad the Impaler, I think he was a German guy. I'm going to say a guy named Vlad is Nordic. He's Norktic. You ever hear people who live in the Norktic areas? They're like Scandinavian Viking style, big, huge, blonde guys, and they used to be really tough back in the twelve, back in the twelve hundreds. The toughest guy you could be 
was a Norktic guy. But nowadays, I think that the Norktic guys are actually pussies. Like, now Norktic guys, they invented, um, they invented Ikea, which is not so tough. Um, and then also, like, I always hear, like, an Arctic guy, he, he talks like this, and he's not, he's not quite into, like, too mean. He sort of has, he's like, always, like, I'm trying to answer in the most thoughtful way. You know who I think might be a Norktic guy, although he's not that tall? Is indie rock singer, um, Jens Lekman. Norktic guys always have a, a name like Jens, or, or Jan, Johan, or to a lesser extent, Vlad. But back in the day, Vlad the Impaler, as you know, he was known for impaling people. What he would do is he would get a big, um, a, a big spike, a big metal spike, and then he would put you asshole first on the spike and just make a kebab out of you. That was he, what he did that is to show how tough he was. A lot of times in life, it's all about presenting how tough you are. Remember, every time you present something, it's a type of mask to hide what you really are. You know, he had to show, like Vlad the Impaler back in the day, in the Middle e- in the medieval times, in the Middle Age evil times, that was when everyone was evil. Um, and he had to, pre- he had, he was afraid. He was afraid that everyone was going to find out that he was a sensitive pussy. So, what do you do? How do you? What would you do if you wanted to scare people? And because sh- you knew, you knew when you looked in the mirror, or back in the day, you would look in the in like a, a pool of stagnant water filled with brine shrimp. You know that you're not you're you're a bitch, right? But but how are you gonna how are you gonna fool the other middle aged evil people, right? What do you do? Well, what's the meanest thing? What's the meanest thing for somebody to do? Yes impale a bunch of people asshole first on a metal spike. So you know what, Vlad, the impaler? We see you. We see you for the Scandinavian pussy you always were. And um and how did you use bats? Well that that will require a little Googling. I'm gonna inquire inquire Vlad and then impaler and then bats and then see what comes up. Which is what I should have told. What's the guy's name? Uh, Matthew the Monarch. He used ra- rabid bats as a weapon. That was what they say. But on Reddit, they say that it is not true. Uh, was Vlad, Vlad, rabid? I'm going to say, hmm. Okay. So. Some guy on Reddit says no. He did not do that, but vat but bats are still from vampires and I have already done my Vlad the Impaler riff, so now I'm moving on to the second part of his question, which is Olga, Saint Olga. Who the hell is Saint Olga? Olga. Olga is I always knew um I knew a few Olgas in my life. Actually, one of my babysitters was a nice Honduran woman named Olga. And she would babysit me and my sister with her um, with her uh, daughter, Marianella, who also would... She was closer to my age. I was in second and she was in fifth and we would play. She was cool. You know, when you're in second grade, sometimes you're not friends with a, 50, with a fifth grade girl, but... It really, I think, depends on how cool you are and how cool the fifth grade girl is. Because sometimes kids, boys and girls, don't want to play together at that age. But if they're cool, then they can have fun together and like put aside their gender differences. Um, putting aside gender differences, much like the characters in The Great have to do sometimes. Uh, but uh, St. Olga. So in, when I think of Olga, I think of her as a, a kind of saint because of the of the fond halcyon memories that I have of that time period of my life. But now Saint Olga must be somebody else. I'm just going to Google Saint Olga and see if she looks like um, if she looks like the Olga that I knew. 
And apparently, no. And apparently, she looks like um, something that um, Alphonse Mucha, the, I think he was, I'm not sure what, what uh, where he was from. He might have been Ukrainian. Alphonse Mucha, maybe he was French, but he's a great painter. Uh, he often painted uh, babes in the, in the, um, in the Belle Epoque era, 1870s, around them. But uh, he also drew these incredible scenes from, like, Russian history, these wonderful scenes of, like, um, people being, like, sent up to heaven. Really cool stuff. And it looks like he drew this picture of the Russian Saint Olga, who also looks like a babe. You know, I gotta, I gotta be honest, um, kind of wouldn't mind seeing her naked. And that's not, like, to be sexist. It's just a, you know... A biological urge that I'm, since Saint Olga is long dead, and it's a, a veritable impossibility that that request would ever even be granted. I'm just putting it out there that you know she's she's wearing a crown and she's wearing like a sort of like most of her head is covered except for her face. But this painting is very pretty, and and why not? If we can see her face, it'd be nice to see maybe a little bit more of her. But is it? a sin to say that you want to see a saint naked? I don't know. But in any case, where did she involve herself with bats? That's the question. And what was she a saint for? Um, it's interesting. She was. Uh, she lived in ancient Russia, and the show The Great takes place in not-so-ancient Russia. But um, she lived in the 945s, and that show takes place in the 1700s, so kind of close. Kind of like it happened hundreds of years ago. Um, so just scrolling through Wikipedia and feeling the energy rush from the podcast, um, I don't know if she had involvement with bats, but what did this guy say? He said... Pigeons. Oh, okay. So I read the fucking suggestion wrong. It's about pigeons. Now, pigeons are very trainable. In fact, I believe that, like, in the show um, Game of Thrones, which I recommend that if you haven't watched it, instead of pigeons, they used ravens because ravens are more goth and they fit better in a story. But you can imagine that pigeons. To send messages, pigeons would be equally reliable. Maybe not against a peregrine falcon who would pick them off, but also a raven. You cannot, listen, no bird can win in a race against a peregrine falcon. So if you're, if the opposition, if your ops have peregrine falcons and you're, you're sending out um, pigeons, then those messages are not, are not going to get to your contacts over the border. It's just, um, unless you train the pigeons to fly above the stratosphere. Uh, so, um, I'm going to say that, yes, um, St. Olga of Kiev did use pigeons for various things. And um, that's one of the reasons why she's a saint. When they had to make her a saint, what did they do? They had to take her whole life and sort of... Um, you know, judge it, you know, judge it critically the way an audience judges a stand-up comic dying on stage uh, because they're talking about dying in real life in a very uncompelling way. But in this case, um, it was uh, it was the Russian Orthodox Church who had to make Olga a saint. Um, and the reason they did it was because, um, what do they say here? Uh, I think that she she was pretty good at um, her work with pigeons. So, listen, I think she's a great saint, and I also think she's a babe. And uh, I'm very glad that um, I got to find out about her from this great suggestion by Matthew the Monarch. So, thank you, everybody. You know what? I... I am so glad that you stayed uh, with this episode. I 
again, I, 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 I come here to spend some time with you. I hope that it was entertaining. And um, if you like this, then you might really enjoy the Patreon podcast where we, where I, me, Spencer Holerson-Baird and I, are going through the top 100 songs of 2021 as written by the website NPR. And we are judging every single one of them harshly. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, then I would definitely go to patreon.com slash gradinganimals and sign up and you will get a bonus episode every week. And um, I have a lot of fun on those episodes too because uh, I feel like the people who are listening really want to be there. Uh, But I also acknowledge that you guys also really want to be here. So check it out. I think it's a lot of fun. And um, I will be getting back on stage this week and I will also be, uh, I don't know, doing all the stuff that I'm doing. And I'll be hopefully finding some more work. And um, maybe I'll even be getting naked for Shystm 3 uh, We'll see. Who knows? The future is unwritten. All right. Talk to you later.